0: A great way to think about what we do is data capture at a very high quality source, whether it's 360 video or creating 3D models, being able to distill that down in a variety of ways that's useful to a brand.
1: Hi guys, David Schwab here. Welcome back to Beyond High Street. We've got Austin Mace on the pod today. Austin's recent Miami grad alum, graduated in 2015, Miami already awarded him as an honoree of their 18 of the last nine award, which they give out every year. He won that in 2017. He's the founder and COO of Subversive, a media production and VR company based down in Austin. Already an Emmy nominee for some work he's done with Showtime. And the client at Showtime was a Miami grad too. He gets into that story, which is pretty compelling. A great conversation about what Miami did to him and the balance between structured and unstructured learning. I like that. And he gives a lot of credit to Glenn Platt in a program at Miami. And Glenn and I have spoken previously about esports and gaming, and he's doing great things on campus. Discussion ranges from how to raise capital and how to raise capital at a young age, how he's learned and the mistakes he's made and how he's using that now to his advantage Uh, in future growth for his business. But the guys crushed it. Uh, I hope you enjoy the pod. I really did.
0: When I was a student at Miami in my senior year, uh, my girlfriend at the time was in the honors program and I was not. And she made me aware of uh, this guy named Ken Todd showing up on campus. And she actually snuck me into this honors (laughs) roundtable. So I just cold pitched him right afterwards saying like, Hey, virtual reality is really shaking up things in entertainment and, uh, in the film world and would love to chat and see if there's an opportunity at showtime. So, um, a few months later, I got my seat settled here in Austin and, uh, he was one of the first guys I called and that eventually led
1: to, uh, what ended up being our first project. But what, what were you thinking? I mean, so what, you, this is 2015 ish. Is that right? <laughs> Yes, sir. Yeah, this was back in 2015. So, virtual reality wasn't new, and certainly wasn't new to someone at Showtime. And while, and we'll get into it, there's still plenty, plenty of the future in that in that space. Um, what were you offering, or pitching, or sharing to him that he didn't know, or an idea that you were about to go create?
0: Yeah, so this was, you know, before a time where you could go to, you know, any Best Buy and get a 360 video camera. And uh, so I was studying virtual reality at the Ames program at Miami and also, uh, you know, ended up building what ended up being one of the world's first open source 360 video cameras as my senior capstone project. And so, um, you know, just the use case of using 360 video and virtual reality, especially for sports, Uh, wasn't, you know, super dominant at that time. So um, that's really where things start. And obviously, you know, things have gotten a lot more advanced since then. But, um, you know, it ended up being the first, uh, the project we did with them ended up being the first boxing match in its entirety captured in virtual reality. And that actually got our uh, company and Showtime nominated for a sports Emmy for Outstanding Digital
1: Innovation. That's awesome. Yeah. And when did you decide that... VR was going to be uh, uh, what you were going to study, your major... When were you thinking that? High school? Before high school? Were you in, in the creative mindset as a kid growing up?
0: Yeah, so I mean, I've always been growing up, you know, one of those kids that would take apart my computer, um, also was running around with a video camera with my friends making short films, and virtual reality was just this medium that was getting a lot of momentum behind it during my time at Miami. So, Um, while I wasn't in class, I was oftentimes sneaking into music venues, shooting concert videos, and then, um, you know, somehow getting paid for that either, you know, by the artist management or by the venue. And at the time I was studying virtual reality academically and found an awesome way to combine entertainment and emerging technology. And that was kind of the genesis of what eventually became subversive.
1: And the artist managers were paying you to capture it so that they could use it then for their fans?
0: Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we did a lot of stuff with that actually brick street in Oxford, Ohio. Uh, they built this audience around a Wednesday night music show. And so, uh, there are a lot of big acts coming through there, like Cole Swindell and Sam Hunt and a lot of these, uh, big country acts. And so, uh, we'd, we'd shoot some of those concerts and then, um, you know, the management would find ways to use it for like the CMAs or, you know, other events down the road. And there's just a really unique venue to capture all this content. In. And so that's where I kind of developed an eye for, um, you
1: know, where this technology could be, you know, used in the space. And how did you decide back then on how much you were going to charge these guys?
0: Yeah, uh, a lot of that was, you know, I had other, you know, partners involved. And when you're a college kid, it's basically, you know, whatever you can get away with. You're so, right. uh, yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, I think that was, that was a great way to kind of learn through the school of hard knocks of like, what's the value of content? And, um, you know, what does it mean to, you know, to a promoter or to a manager to help promote their artists? And I think it established a really great foundation Uh, Because eventually, you know, we ended up doing a deal with uh, Austin City Limits and Google um, during Subversive uh, to capture what ended up being the longest running and uh, largest produced VR music series to date uh, called Austin City Limits Backstage. So, um, yeah, got a lot of valuable hands-on experience in college, you know, both through Miami and also through, you know, what was happening in Oxford So, uh, yeah, that was all super helpful for setting up what we ended up doing at subversives.
1: And when you were studying VR and you're talking to the Showtime exec, a Miami alum, uh, did you already have in your mind the idea that you were going to start a business or you just had an idea of something that you had seen was, was coming that you thought you excelled in?
0: Yeah, it was kind of at that time a mix of both that eventually solidified um, a few months later into like, yes, I'm going to start a business. Um, You know, I was graduating, it was around May of 2015. I had a few offers from some, you know, well funded VR companies. But at the time, I was sitting next to um, a classmate, and her dad actually founded um, a pretty large digital agency called Rockfish Interactive that sold to WPP, merged with BML, which is now BML YNR for those in the agency space. It's a lot of acronyms for those that aren't. But um, all that translates to is that, you know, he was a pretty big deal in that space. And so he made an offer to angel invest in what was to become subversive by hearing through his daughter uh, what I was doing at Miami. So um, really, it's just like this weird combination of hard work and good luck all at once happening um, that kind of created this, like, um, you know, pressure effect that eventually
1: created Subversive. And so then you graduate and you move down to Austin and you start working out of an apartment. You get space. What's what's next?
0: Yeah, we um, so we moved down um, to Austin in August of 2015, and I brought with me uh, my friend Ryan Thomas, and he's a co-founder here at Subversive, and uh, we met because we were you know shooting these concerts together. And so our first office, we uh, actually co-located with one of Kenny's other companies called You Earned It, uh, they also shared space with y and it was just a really good uh, masterclass of just sitting in on what the culture of a startup is, what the culture of an agency is, seeing where that clashes, where that converges, um, and just participating in that for a year, um, you know, really highlighted to me some important things that I'd eventually build, you know, subversive from, which is like... You know, making sure that culture was right from the get-go, seeing you know where technology and agencies you know can
1: combine and intersect, and um, yeah, then we just kind of just built from that and grew from there. Where did you find friction in that space between technology and agencies?
0: Yeah, um, I mean, I think it's no surprise that, especially like a lot of these, and I'm not going to pick on one specific agency, but. Um, you know, the agency space is challenged because they have to serve clients at a global scale. And usually innovation at a global scale is a very challenging thing to do. Um, Oftentimes, especially with new mediums, because you run into um, sometimes file formats aren't supported the right way. Um, You know, sometimes not everyone's on the same page and what the technology can do. Um, So that's where a lot of the friction occurred. And so that's why You know, we've learned that a calibration really has to happen before proposing any sort of like emerging technology um, to an agency. So we we do a lot of work work with agencies and brands and, um, you know, that sort of thing. But uh, I think what makes us different than a lot of uh, other immersive companies out there is that, you know, having that background, um, you know, on both sides and then being able to uh, you know, re- set set the course for, okay, here's the why, here's the reason why we're going to use this technology instead of just using it to be like a cool new shiny toy. Like we actually use it to prove out, um, you know, to prove out either like the ROI of using it or, um, you know, actually use it in an applicable use case instead of just being, you know, the shiny new toy.
1: Hmm. And how big is your team now?
0: Yeah, we uh, we hover around 20 to 25 folks and flex um, depending on projects and either, um, you know, work with other, um, you know, development companies uh, when that needs to flex up or down. Uh, But yeah, the core team, you know, we've got 20, 20 ish folks here in Austin. Um, A lot of them are working on product development, uh,
1: software development, and then we do quite a bit of production work as well. And all in and around VR and AR or there other capabilities that you guys are doing?
0: Yeah, so we're kind of we're kind of T-shaped. I mean, we're we're really great at immersive technology and innovation. So augmented reality and virtual reality for um, you know folks like Google. We've done a lot of work with um, brands like Procter and Gamble, um, networks like Showtime and MTV. Uh, but we also do quite a bit of video production as well. Mm-hmm. So um, you know we do, and and a lot of that's because you know we're able to. Uh, create all of these immersive assets, but also from those immersive assets derive stuff that you might use in a, in a traditional banner campaign or video campaign. Um, so a great way to think about what we do is you know, data capture at a very high quality source, whether it's 360 video or creating 3D models, and then being able to distill that down in a variety of ways that's useful to a brand.
1: And you're only four years out of college. I got a few on you there. Yeah, <laughs> um, But just a couple years ago, Miami honored you with the 18 of the last nine. I think Mark Sperry and Oros and a few other guys got it in the same year you guys did, which is awesome. Uh, talk about four years at Miami.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I mean, that was a, I was super humbled and honored to get that from Miami and, um, you know, it's it's one of those things where for me, it, it was just like the perfect combination of structured and unstructured learning. Um, I think the big challenge that a lot of folks run into sometimes in these sorts of programs is, you know, having that freedom and flexibility, but the type of person that I am like that was really helpful. So I was able to exploit, you know, access to professors in the entrepreneurship department that have kind of been there and done that pick their brains brains during office hours and get advice you know get access to six-figure equipment that's used for 3d printing that's available for free to all students and um and have access to kind of like test and learn with the um entertainment and music ecosystem that's happening in oxford even though you know oxford's a small town there's some pretty great acts that actually come through there so It's kind of just this perfect storm um, of all these things that made my Miami experience what it was.
1: Is there a class or a professor that uh, you think about that helped in that structured and unstructured environment and and not necessarily one in production or VR that's core to your business, but uh, anything else just for a a way to learn or think or, or people in the class with you? Yeah, um, honestly, Glenn
0: Platt, who heads up the Ames Program, um, was was my mentor throughout those four years, and I think what he's had to do with the Ames Program. Uh, for those listening, Ames stands for the Armstrong Armstrong Institute of Interactive Media Studies, and um, that's the program I went through. And it's kind of it's been the underdog at Miami. Or has been the underdog at Miami for a few years, but um, when I was back on campus back in April, I learned that it's actually now the biggest program in the College of Creative Arts. So, um, you know, he had to be he had to be scrappy in the academic world to build that program to what it is. So, um, and also that program encourages you to to be more cross disciplinary. And so, um, you know, I was touching on things in engineering and business and um, you know, people studies and marketing and all these sorts of things. And so Glenn was very encourageable of that. And, um, you know, it really led to that, um, you know, that classical, uh, liberal education where you do, you know, all sorts of things. And eventually it sums up to something that matters.
1: Glenn and I have spoken several times just for his, his love, passion, and growth of esports and gaming personally, but also on campus too. So yeah, he seems like a yeah. great guy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so you are a business owner. You've raised capital, which I'm going to talk about here in a second. But you're a business owner that's, that's grown a business to 20 plus people, but you're in your mid-20s. So you've got a long way ahead of you. What What have you not learned yet? What What do you want to learn or need to learn next? Yeah, um,
0: that's a great question. I mean, I I would say... You know, I'll start with maybe the biggest learning um, that's hard to, like, learn in an academic environment, uh, especially in a, in, in a startup is, like, the soft skills and, you know, that culture piece that we talked about earlier. And, um, you know, how, how you manage people, how you interact with people. Um, you know, I think, like, if you were to ask me right when I came out of college, you know, I would have said, like, oh, yeah, you should manage everyone equitably in the same way to be fair. I've learned in practice, that's, that's not how it works at all. Um, so I think there's just a lifetime of learning there on, you know, how do you manage and get the most out of people? Um, I listen a lot to uh, Reed Hoffman, the founder of LinkedIn, and what he has to say. And I really buy into his hero's journey mentality, which is, you know, you have to inspire people and say that, you know, you've got a tour of duty here to do something and, um, you know, put them on a path. Uh, to be successful. And and the thing that I always look at, you know, the folks that work with me is, is that, you know, not everyone here is always going to be working for subversive for their entire career. That's just not how in 2020, 20, um, you know, a career works. So um, we want to make sure that uh, people are one passionate about what they do, and that we're giving them the tools to be successful, um, you know, for the rest and the longevity of their work life. So Um, you know, I'd say that has been, you know, one of my biggest learnings and something that, you know, I can definitely continue to learn, uh, here and into the future.
1: And, and outside of, uh, listening or reading what Reed says, are you, are you learning because you're, you're following the right people on Twitter, you're listening to podcasts, you're reading books, where's your, your kind of your daily learning and go-to for information? Yeah. Um. I'm
0: definitely a, a big consumer of Reddit, so uh, take that for what it is. And then um, you know, there's so it's it's usually an aggregate of Reddit, LinkedIn, The Hustle. Um, there's a new newsletter called Inside, and then in Austin, I've got a really great mentorship network of just people in the scene. So um, Kenny, although you know he wasn't, is an investor of Subversive, is also just been a great mentor, and then some other folks from Cincinnati like Dave Knox, um, you know it's all about just finding those folks that are willing to share kind of their lessons. And, um, you know, it's hard to just take at face value the advice of one person, but I think it's about just getting that critical mass of, of people to bounce ideas off of and then kind of make an informed gut decision from there.
1: Yeah. And you talked about Kenny being an investor, talk about raising money, um, you know, it's different than having a lemonade stand and going to mom or dad and, and asking to provide the product out there. You're, you're saying, I've got a business idea and I'm going to you, and it's maybe my first business, but you should bet and believe on me over the other couple hundred or maybe a couple thousand business plans of others that are asking for money. What, what was the, uh, the challenges of that, but also what you think drove you to success in raising money?
0: Yeah. Uh, so there's definitely a lot of challenges um, raising money in the space that we did when we did it. Um, you know, every day there was some announcement of this or that VR company getting funding or this, this or that Fortune 500 having success in the space Um, So it's pretty crowded. um, But also because of that velocity, um, investors were open to having that conversation. So, um, you know, I think the reason we found our our investor WPP, a lot of it had to do with, um, you know, the services and and products that we're developing are very complementary to agencies and, um, you know, WPP's new leadership with Mark Reed, Um, wanting to be more digital focused, more product focused, Uh, what we're doing at Subversive is right in line with that. So um, it's about finding like the right fit with a strategic uh, investor. And that's what we owe a lot of that, you know, even though it was hard, um, that definitely made it easier um, than just going out to, you know, the valley and knocking on every single door and, um, you know, asking for uh, this or that amount of money. But uh, yeah, it's definitely a challenge. And, you know, I guess the only advice I could really give is, uh, you know, you're going to get a lot of no's, uh, but it only takes one yes. And, uh, you know, again, um, you know, the other reason or the other thing that I'd say is like um, definitely have a reason for, you know, going out and raising around. I think, like, especially in the academic space um there's some idolization that happens you know by college students of saying like oh you know this company raised this or this company raised that um it should be celebrated but you know you're also you know giving up part part of your company uh to take that investment so um you know it makes sense to do if it's a calculated move but um and you know that's why we turn to venture capital but um yeah it's not a decision that should be taken lightly
1: and the next time you're on campus and you run into a student who's just a few years younger than you um, but, a, but is a student and doesn't have a business and are thinking about a first job or creating a business, what, what are the one or two things you tell them to think about in the first couple of years coming out of school?
0: Yeah, uh, one of the things I would tell them to think about is prototype and test a lot. Um, you know, when I made my first camera, there's probably fifty different fifty different versions of it before I, you know, made one that actually worked and did what I needed it to. Um, the other thing is, you know, pressure test that business model and validate it as quickly as you can. So, um, you know, before Subversive was finalized and you know formalized as a Texas LLC, uh, we actually got paid a, a little bit of money by the um by the ready which is uh the regional economic development initiative in Cincinnati to make a 360 video around uh the MLB All-Star game and that came through Miami as well and so you know the amount that um I got paid for that was nominal but it was at least some sort of validating market interest in what we wanted to do um so I think like yeah that sort of data gathering is is some advice I give and then um, you know, I think, like, the other thing, too, is I can just remember uh, sometimes I'd have roommates, classmates um, that would dog on on me or, you know, Ryan when we were working on some of this if, if it didn't always pan out how we wanted it to. But um, you just kind of have to keep your head up. And, um, you know, if you if in your gut feeling, you know, you feel like it's right, um, there's no reason to stop stop pursuing it.
1: As you can hear, Austin is crushing it. And that business is thriving. If you need media work, VR work, or just a place to hang and learn from in Austin, give Austin a call. Subversive, doing great stuff. Hope you guys really enjoyed the pod. Thanks for listening. Thanks for learning. Please share with friends, family, and other Miamians. See y'all at Skippers real soon for a nice cold one. Have a good day.